0: theyeshiva.net So let's summarize If Aleph, the kids you asked me to make a summation so I'm going to make a summation he started off this mimer that the Zohar says that the time of Tzloisa. thank you very much, the time of davening is a time of krava, a time of war and he says this war is not a a unique thing in life, it's it's every generation and he adds every day every day there is a battle what is the battle what is it, I would say in one line it's a daily battle for transcendence in many ways that may be one of the better ways to define Yiddishkeit a daily battle for transcendence. You know what transcendence means? Go beyond transcendence. Go beyond your own surface. Go beyond your own surface to your own premise. I don't only mean transcendence, go out of yourself. In yourself, it's a daily battle to transcend the outer layer, discover the inner layer. Or in his words, There's a zela umaza asa there's two souls, Rivka, and every Jew is pregnant with two souls. Ula oimel oim yamotz, and the Shas Hakosher, the appropriate time that Rabbi Nishlelem designated to uh, fight this battle for transcendence is the morning, and that's the davening of every day. The davening of every day is not just routine habit. The davening of every day is a battle, and we don't mean battle bloody battle or a violent battle. That can be too. depends where you are in life. You know, what type of struggles you're having. But it's simply a battle. Or a, to more be of a able... confrontation in other words.
1: Yeah, a it's confrontation it's, it's a basically,
0: yeah. In other words, instinctively, the human being looks in the mirror and just sees a beast of flesh and blood. And I should say where Charles Darwin wrote in The Origin of Species, in the cl- classic book, I believe he wrote, I once read, that one of the great ramifications of his theory of evolution is quite quite loaded statement that fundamentally there's no difference between human being and beast. Because if our Zedas and our Bubas were swinging from trees, they were the apes and the other primates. So that means it may have taken hundreds of millions of years, but essentially it's just a process of evolution. So we may walk on two... We may build museums, gymnasiums, circuses, baseball fields, etc. Create theater and literature and poetry and music and art, but we're part of the zoological species. It's just that this behavior has a higher IQ and is capable of aesthetical sensibilities that maybe the frog or the cheetah or even the gorilla is not yet. Sensitive to Mozart and (coughs) Wagner and Bach and Avremel Fried, (laughs) bring in one of our guys. Yes, don't inspire, don't inspire the gorilla or the the, (coughs) or the hyena as much as they do some of us. So, if this is the case, the human being essentially is only a behemoth just a sophisticated one, a developed one. <coughs> of course, the Yisoyed of Yiddishkeit is, Kibitzalom a kim osa adam. And in the case of uh, our discussion here, the Nefesh is called Nefesh Al kis. So davening there's a time to be able to uncover, to excavate, to excavate, I would say, your own depth. Yeah, and he discussed the first three hours of Krishna, the Sireuven and Levi, the Zman is Another hour, is the the of Yehudah. The Zawiyah HaKadosh then says, somebody who kills the snake gets the daughter of the king. And he explains, because this mulcham has two stages, what you can do on your own, and what the king gives you in stage B. Stage A is what I can do with my own efforts, and stage B is what I receive as a result of my own efforts. Then he explains what is the daughter of the king. The daughter of the king that the ki- Hashem gives you, the king gives you his daughter because you killed the snake, because you engaged in this battle with the snake, essentially with the Nachash. Basically, is what he called Nekudas Tzir, the Nekudas Tzir, or Knesses Yisrael. That energy, that core madrega that has within it all of the Pehinus of the Jewish people, the Ha'ara Yisrael de the Jewish people when they come together as a conglomerate <coughs> entity, one entity and they capture within themselves the Nekudah of Knesset Yisrael, Ha'aras Yisrael de la'ela what the Jew above represents that is called Nekudah Tzirin, and he said it's the Nekudah Halei v'upnemi that's revealed in Klolos Neshamis Yisrael known as Re'use de there's an energy that comes out in the collective entity of Neshama Sisyon. You may not see it in one individual Neshama here or there, but it comes out in Klolos Neshama Sisyon. It's called ruusa the And this is the Bechal of Avcha. What's the Bechal of Avcha? There's two hearts. There's Chitzony Yisalev and Pneum Yisalev. And from here, the end of the rest of Sif Aleph was here to discuss Chitzony Yisalev. He says Chitzony Yisalev, the external heart, but as I said, we should not be deceived by that term and think that it's completely external in the sense that it's it's meaningless it's quite internal, it's quite profound what is chitzoni yisalev? it's the emotions that are born from awareness all emotions follow perception awareness breeds emotion, the way I think about something is the way I'm going to feel about something, that is how the psyche was created the same is true when it comes to our relationship with Hashem. There is the meditation, he says, that creates Kitsayini Haleif. which is, and here he goes into a long, relatively long meditation on the nature of the cosmos, which is the function of Psukei zimra Moshe Rabbeinu says, I have given you life and death. You should choose life. What he means is, in everything, there is the cha- you remember, yeah, the Chaim and the Mavis, the external layer and the internal layer, the facade, and the true depth. In every situation in life, what you're looking for is chayyeh, the chayim, the pnimius of it, or as he puts it, the elokus of it, the dvar Hashem of it, the beruach pivkolsvam. La aves Hashem ki hu chayyeh. According to this, the definition of God is the life of life. The core of life. Love God because you already love God. If you love your life, this is your real life. You already love Him. When you have this meditation, then you have As a result of davening, which is you have the sword. In order to be mavatal, the maicim, the deburim, and the makshavas that come from Amalek, that's becharbi of kashti, which Yaakov Avinu speaks about, which really means davening, but of Avos. And the final point is that this is, is always in Malchus, memalei kal'aumen. That's the key. Because why? You remember why? Because here we're defining Hashem as the king. The leader, or better in our, maybe more contemporary vocabulary, as the consciousness of consciousness, as the consciousness of existence, as the reality of reality. God as the battery, the engine, the gas, the fuel, the essence, the substance, the ultimate substructure of the universe. The spirituality, the divine energy that lay within every atom, within every subatomic particle, within, (coughs) below the molecular atomic and subatomic and sub-subatomic structure of the universe, when I say below, I don't mean physically below, I mean within it, beneath it, the core of it is a a relationship with Hashem means a relationship with the core, a relationship with the reality, with the reality of self, with the reality of the other, with the reality of the universe. This is all a meditation that relates to Hashem as the kol That's all the hasagas of neshamas and malachim. When they speak about God, we say in davening, a whole meditation is barech lanetzach. We're not here to talk about angels. Every morning we have this whole huge, the first brach of Krishna to tell us about the malachim. You might say, l'mayna We know the malachim are great guys. They're, they're all beloved. No malach is thrown out of any yeshiva. No malach is thrown out of any seminary. Right? I told you once the masa. This is a very deep story. It's, it's a very moving story. In my eyes. There was... The, the 6th Lubavitcher Rebbe, his name was known as the Rebbe Rayatz, the father-in-law of the most recent Lubavitcher Rebbe, Rabbi Yeshev Yitzchak passed away in New York in 1950. He was in Poland for many years, and then he escaped Nazi-occupied Warsaw in 1940. So he had a big yeshiva, a big yeshiva in Otwotsk. Otwotsk is a beautiful suburb of Warsaw. One day he had a secretary who was burnt live in Riga. His name was Chacha Fagin. Rabbi Cheskel Fagin was burnt with his wife, his whole family, with many other chesidim in the, shul, the big shul in Riga, 1941, by the Germans. He was a very, very, uh, very profound, extraordinary person. He was a secretary of the Rabbi Rayaz. So he tells him one day, he says, go into the Zal and bring in the Bezbach. Bring in the best bachrim. I'm going to say specially for them. A I'm going to say for them a maimer. Like so to speak, appreciation. Chacham Fegan was an educator. Who's the best bacher? Who's called the best bacher? The Rebbe said the best bacher. So he went to the best bachrim and he told them the Rebbe's door is open. But he made sure that you know everybody bais has a yenta before Facebook, before WhatsApp. Every yeshiva, you know, if one bucker knows the story, everybody knows it within three minutes. But the guy who goes from table to table, one chavras, another chavras, shares the news, every base has it, you know, one, two, three. I mean, today everyone is with the iPhones, but then there's always one guy. He made sure that he heard the news the Rebbe's tear is off and the Rebbe's door is open so right away. So who's not going to go? So the whole basement is packed down. They went into the Rebbe's room. <coughs> the Rebbe Rayach takes a look, <laughs> picks up his head. He says, everybody is there. He says, the maimur has planned, the whole maimur he finishes. The bochers leave. It's a very special moment, moment of learning of intimacy. They all leave. Rebbe Chatsha Feigen is there. So the Rebbe looks up to him and he says, Chacha the best Bachra. I told you to bring in the best bacher. So he says, Rebbe, kulam ahuvim, Kulam ahuvim. So the Rebbe says, Emes, aber kulam So he says, ich weisnischt, aber kulam He says, Emes, aber kulam says, And he thanked them. He thanked him. In other words, he said, I said, bring in the best. He says, everybody's beloved. So the Rebbe says, that's true. But are they all refined? He says, I don't know, but they're all fighting. He says, true, but are they all holy? He says, I don't know. But everybody, in one way or another, is trying to do God's will. Kulam he thanked them. He thanked them. That's a mechamech. That's a mechamech. The Herst, why are we saying this of the malachim, about the malachim? Because this applies to every person. This is the hasag of the malachim. Kulam mishapchim, mefardim, ma'ritzim, magdishim, amlichim. Ashaym As Ashaym HaKel means only the name. The diokir is only the name. Name represents projection, reputation, reflection. Your name is never you. Ask any one of the tragic realities of the world is the story of celebrities. The contrast between the name and the person. The contrast between the name and the person is always very, very sad. As a great celebrity once told me why he got divorced. He gave a concert, 50,000 people would lick up his saliva. He comes home and what do you think the first words his Jewish wife tells him? What do you think the first words are? Huh? Take out the garbage. garbage. 50,000 people just were doing I was God in the concert hall. Right? So people who weren't to get that exalted feeling remain normal. So when the wife says take out the garbage you're like Okay? With Simcha vituvle vav, how was it I get the schus from the Reboyna Shalolim to be able to take out the garbage for you? I don't know how I got the schus. I dove in the Shabbat by Rabbi Rudinsky. So he told the mice that uh, there was a ba'a in the man in Tells, in Cleveland, in Tells, and he took his learning very seriously, and one day he decided that he's a real Talmud Chachem. So when his wife told him to take out the garbage, she said he would love to, but mitzvah covered hatayra, <laughs> he can't take out the garbage because kavod hatayra. Rabbi Rudinsky said it with uh, <coughs> with all the geshmack that comes with kavod hatayra. So what did she do? She called Reb Motl Gifter, Reb Motl Gifter from Tel. She called him up and she says, Reb Mordechai Gifter. Rabbi Gifter, yeah, Rabbi Rav Gifter. So she calls Rav Gifter, and she says, he was the Rosh Hashiva of Tells, one of the Rosh Hashivas of Tells, and she tells him the Maisa. Rabbi Radinsky said that the next morning, eight o'clock in the morning, there was a knock on the door. The young man opens the door, and he sees Rav Gifter. Rav Gifter. Rosh Hashiva, why are you here? He says, I heard that Mitzat Kavada HaToyda, you can't take out the garbage. And I know that your wife is, you know, the seventh month or eighth month. So therefore, I came to take out the garbage. It's fine. You don't have to take out the garbage. I came to take out the garbage. Okay. I was actually just, I guess, for accuracy. He said he heard the story. I was in Tells not long ago. I spoke at a dinner over there in Tells. So I asked the Alta Tells about the story. (coughs) So they said that it's more of a story than, um, than a reality. But it's a story. So... I guess the message of the story is, is what's important here. <coughs> just, uh, I like, for the sake of accuracy, it's good to mention. That's what the altar tells you over there. Told me they know the story, <coughs> but it's more of a story. I'll call upon them. How did we get into <coughs> this? Oh, Reject- shame. Rejection. Shame, rejection. Shame, rejection. shame, yeah. Now, Kivayachal, <coughs> so something that's in a tragic situation. Here, it's not a tragedy. It's just God's name is not God. It's God's name. It's Hashem's reputation, in other words, the way he's experienced as the cosmic essence, the cosmic energy. That's that's the hezboinunus of malchus that creates an emotion. And that's why he says, you say, from the shame, uh, excuse me, comes the vahafta. Is that all the malachim are able to be masik? Yes, that's it. So that's it's not that the, they choose to be masik only. Uh, that yeah, is, no, no, that's no, what that's they what, could, because okay. basically they're being masik what they experience, with they, and with, and they're really masik it and they melt away in ecstasy as we describe in Berchus Krishna. We describe kolamoyim diburimoyla mashmiim beyireh right? all as she'make. Then you have It's all the beginning of shame, HaKel. Baruch <coughs> Shamim The next bracha is avos Olam We'll see the next bracha. But this is all HaSagas HaMalochim, which is also HaSagas HaNeshamas. He says, this is what a nefesh who understands God could be Davukin, and his words is, This level is within the nefesh hamaskelas, the soul that meditates could become davuk in her source. Belakim chayim, her shayrish is elakim chayim. When you find your shayrish, you find elakim chayim. Your shayrish base. Now you have Phnimi Salev. Pnimi Salev is not Khitsalev, which means the heart that's born from the mind, the emotion that's born from awareness. Pnimi Saleev is called Ruusa Lib. Ruusa Daliba means the pining of the heart. heart. Ruusa, as I told you, is the Aramaic word for Ratsin, yearning, pining. The taluma slave, the secret heart. Ashala Maila Maila Minhatam Vidas. This is l'may l'mayla, meaning it transcends completely. Tom reason, das perception, which is <coughs> comprehended and understood with the ability of the soul to wrap its brain around godliness. In other words, there is what the neshama and malach could be masig. What could I be masig? We can only understand things that are in our realm. That is why. We understand other people based on who we are. It's hard for people to understand other people based on who they are. How could I? I compare you to me. I have no other way of dealing with reality. That's why it's so easy to judge. I compare you to me and I'm like, Me? I would never do this. This guy is insane. It's very hard for a person to strip and to take themselves out from their own koyachah saga and put yourself into other shoes. But that's even somebody else that you could understand through Avoid. Them. Here, Anisham is capable of being Masik, surrounded with doctors. We're all healthy. We have physicians, we have psychologists, Baruch Hashem. Okay? So, <coughs> this is the Musik that the Nefesh is capable of understanding that which. A nefesh could be masik, could be maskil. I could only be masik things that somehow relate to my realm in one way or another. (coughs) Vehe, this is l'maylam in atam v'das. So if it's l'maylam in atam v'das, what do you want from the neshama? How does it have access to it? So he says, vehe pchines elakus shebe nefesh hamizgalav pchines yichidish This is the elakus in the nefesh. There's a godliness in the soul that is expressed in the yichida of the soul. The term yichida we say in the hoshiness on the third day of Sukkot. There's an expression there about the Jewish people. Goy levesoira dumsal asamar enes <laughs> ulach yichida liyachdach yichida from the word yachid singular. The Yechidah of yichida of the soul is the alakus in the soul. <laughs> This is expressed that the soul's nefesh, hishtabchus ha nefesh. Shtapchus ha nefesh means the soul pours out to the bosom of its father, mamish, al mamish. What's the mamish? Not the name of the father, the bosom of the father, into the primius of the father. You know, when an infant, a child is being held by the mother, by the father, it's that sense of intimacy with the father himself or the mother herself. What do we mean by pchinis bitl? means. What, nullification of what? This is not anymore. I wrap my brain around that which I'm capable of understanding. In other words, I'm relating to Hashem as the cosmic <coughs> energy behind the world. So the love of self is really a love of God. And the love of God is really a love of self. That's la'aves <laughs> Hashem alakecha ki hu chayekha. Moshe says you should choose life, love God, because He is your life. In other words, what is He being mechad that a love of God really means a love of self, and a love of self really means a love of God, but it's the true self, it's the Pnimiyazdika self. Here I'm relating to Hashem as the cosmic essence. That's who he is. Here we're talking about the Ru'usa deliba, there's an alakus in the Nefesh, where the Nefesh just pours out into the bosom of his father, transcending completely what it could be Masak. The Here he comes back to his famous two terms, soivev in contrast to mamale in the last chapter. Mamale kalalman is what? He fills the worlds. Soivev kalalman is he transcends the worlds. In other words, there is Hashem as the battery of the world. Hashem that is tailor-made, custom-made to the structure of the universe. And the chiyos of every single individual is distinct based on Mamale As we learned at length in the Maimer Vayidaber, Shvua's time, and other Maimari, Mamale is always individuated. There is the chiyus in the insect, and in the animal, and in the human, and in each human individually, and one cannot be compared to the other But this is all Malchuscha Malchus Kalalman. Sayviv means he transcends the universes, and transcends them completely. But it doesn't mean it's not in the world. It's in the world. <coughs> but it's not tailor-made to the consciousness of the universe. And therefore my brain, with its limits, cannot contain it in its realm. Because I have no access to it, because it's not part of my experience, which by definition is limited. But this p'china of the neshama, the is rooted in the glimmer of seven kilometers keh explains mamala kalama haynu chius veuling side barohu the mstansel bs tauslo mamala represents the energy and the light of god not here to explain the difference of hayis and oy hayda what's the difference but it's a shmuas bifnaats but it's not stam redundant it the There's the chius and there's is the oy two separate flows within mamala kalama but chayes and oyerin say, baruchu the m'shtalshul, m'shtalshul, which evolves. M'shtalshul comes from the word shamshelas, a chain, which basically represents an evolutionary descent from one rung to another rung to another rung. But unlike in a chain where the quality of the lower rung is just like the quality of the higher rung, it's just physical, physical descent. Here, ishtalshlus means a spiritual descent. The energy in each level assumes a more brute incarnation until it assumes a physical incarnation. In other words, for an atom to become an atom, it doesn't begin with an atom. It begins with a spiritual energy that then evolves and metamorphosizes. That's what he says. hamadregis. The evolution of steps, of levels. Me'ila leila. From one cause to another cause, to another cause. In other words, one antecedent to another antecedent to another antecedent. (coughs) So you have uh, the tree, and the tree grows from the seed. So the seed is the antecedent of the tree. But that seed came from a previous tree. And that seed produces a tree, and then that tree becomes an ilah, for wood. And that wood becomes an ilah for a bookcase, or for a table. So it all evolved, but it all began with that seed. So that's what he says, you have a ray, and then you have a ray of a ray, and a ray of a ray of a ray. Chuli. That's all m'malei so kalal. represents Hashem who is as He was before creation. What was Hashem before creation? The Aino Begedir Alman Klaut. It's that Nikuda of El Shem which is not in the realm of Eulamas. The Lyshaya Klefonov is Balokhina Shtalshulus Klaw. The process of evolution is not applicable there. Come the Pasik says it's a Shamayim Vesa Aretz Anni Mole. Your Mi says. I fill heaven and earth. So he taiches shashemayim the ereth shova. Here, heaven and earth are identical. I'm and what does he mean here shamayim vara? It's not only physical. Ganeidin and How could you say they're identical? In Shammai there's a perception of Ruchni, Is here there's no perception. The answer is the difference is in Mamalik alone. In Soiviv, Soiviv is in Eretz, just like in Shammai. Because it's not that you're a keli for it. If you're a keli for it, you can't compare the keli of Eretz to the keli of Shammai. I can't compare what my brain is capable of experiencing to what my pinky is capable of experiencing. That's only mitzav the nekuda of chiyus that is custom made. The gabi, the gather abriyeh, but mitzav soiviv shamayim and eretz are both blocking and therefore both not blocking. Shamayim is the same stirrer. Is the uh, shamayim conceal soiviv as much as eretz conceals soiviv? It's completely infinite and therefore both don't conceal. Shamayim v'aretz ani molish shamayim shamayim v'aretz shavu and We say in yeshtabach. He says, when you're dealing with Kaddosh, it's heaven and earth identical. Spirituality is not a way to define God as much as physicality is not a way to define God. So when you say God is spiritual... It's like saying God is physical. We like the word spiritual because it's less <coughs> tangible. Ice cream is physical. Money is physical. Yeah? The body is physical. The food is physical. This cup of tea <coughs> is physical. God must be spiritual, metaphysical, ruach, spirit, energy. He says that's all. We're defining it as energy. And when you talk about real alakos, ruchani is as mamash like ashmis. Why? Because ruchani is also a definition. Ruchnius is also a certain way of defining reality. It's already an energy. Okay? It's not matter. It's energy. One of Einstein's chidushim in physics was that matter and energy are veshava, interchangeable. He wasn't talking about energy uh, that we're talking about here, but the concept... That matter and energy are interchangeable. So, Ruchnius is... It's also a form of Gashmius. Ruchnius is K'may Gashmius. To say that he's spiritual is just like saying that he's physical. In other words, he's infinitely removed from spirituality as much as he is from physicality. Which breeds one of the biggest sides of Teres HaVal That to God's essence you don't connect... Through Rukhniyas more than through gashnis, Because Rukhniyas is infinitely removed from Hashem as much as gashnis. one of the big Yisaydis of And if you are connecting to him because he said you could connect to him, it could also be through gashnis. This doesn't mean Rukhniyas is not higher than gashnis. It is. Mitzad It's more sensitive, it's more subtle. it's Mamalik, there's a big difference. Shamayim is not Eretz but then there's hadath over there, shamayim and earth observer animally i fill both of them vilahin am allah himin that's why we blow back to the Malachim. what's their statement they say ayy makun qoidi where is he we own the answer is malaikhal araq qoidi in the earth as well we the post says, kaykhav in the shamayim asher khalq khuli hashem tells the time we haven't said for david Hashem says, don't worship the stars and all the legions of heaven. Hashem, Amim. So he says, One of the fascinating things in Chumash, especially Seyfet Vadim, is the obsession with Havoy zor, <coughs> Non-stop with Havoy zor. One of the explanations, among others, is that Avoid zor is not just the physical star that they used to worship, but they represent something. Kaychavim represents all of the planets and all of the astrological signs that receive energy from the 70 Sarim. 70 Sarim are basically the 70 spiritual governing angels of the nations. Each nation has its sar. chayes They receive chayes from the shmari haifanem, meaning the haven, the... The the residue, like the shmarim, is what stays at the bottom of the wine. What is it called? The sediments. The sediments. The sediments, the sediments of the ifan, which are the lowest level of malach. The gavoya, pivius till they receive from the spirit of hashem's mouth. <speaking in Hebrew> this is all <speaking in> b'derech <Hebrew> So you have the kichavim, you have the mazolus, you have the ayin Sarim, you have deeper, you have the yifanim, you have shmodi you have the yifanim, you have the chayes you have the strawim. It's all the evolutionary process. V'hinei <speaking in Hebrew> am says in Shabbos, ein mazal Yisrael. There's no mazul. Ukadixiv <speaking in Hebrew> it says in this in its hazinu kichalek Hashem amay, or in Yisrael va'atem tiuli mamleches or va'atem tiulila. meaning what's ein mazal Yisrael. There's an akudin in the shama of a Jew that receives consciousness from save of The process of mazolis, which is representative of the process of evolution from the spiritual to the spiritual to the spiritual to the spiritual to the physical, there's an in yisrael. Not all of Israel. Israel also has a neshama and a seichel. Which is a It's Over there, you relate straight to soiver. That's where the nekuda of a Jewish heart comes from. Not chitzoni yisalev. Chitzoni yisalev is also very Jewish. Chitzoni yisalev is on fire to God but that comes from meditation, from awareness, from wisdom, from perception, deep perception. This first perception of Payda Galif is not external. This is very deep. This is the spiritual scientist, physicist, master of the cosmos, who can look in the world and see the presence of God everywhere. That's Chitzayi Yisalev. Bina versus Chachma here? Not at the moment. <laughs> not at the moment. Nekudas Pnemi Yisalev of the Jew, the Nekudah of the heart, what he called Tzion, the daughter of the king, Reus this is, this Shoyrish is from where Soiviv is expressed in the Neshama. It's called the Yechidish of the Neshama. Li Yis HaAval Hashem, Lamaylu tam Ta'am Vedaz, Mabchines That the Ava, there's also an Ava, but this is a different Ava. This is an Ava that transcends reason and transcends perception. It's not, I love you, because I love me, and the you and the me are really one. That's an aval pitam vedas. I love me, and when I find out that the real me is God, of course I love God. And that's beautiful. It's beautiful, it's the definition of Hashem ki hu chayecha. And it's an important taich. The vel taich is avas Hashem ki hu chayecha. Love God because He is your life. In other words, He gives you life al says, no, not he gives you life. The Ava is there already. When you realize that that's really but that's still Then there's the Pnimi Who do I have in heaven? And with you I desire nothing on earth. In other words, he's rejecting even heaven. What are you rejecting heaven for? I don't want the B'malit. He wants Sevim. There's one issue here. And that, the issue here is that L'cha'ayra, this remains very deeply concealed and inaccessible. Completely concealed, even though it's always present. There's the Nekudav Sevim that's expressed in the Neshama. And this is what he goes on to explain <coughs> the double struggle of life. One is to connect the Chitzayni as and then there's something even deeper to connect to Pnimiya Salev. But when one connects to that, the ramifications of that are quite different in the way it informs one's Yiddishkeit. 70. It's actually the week of Parshish Kiseitze, so. Mitzvah's Essay, Shahazman Girama, has a special uh, feel. Torah you know. Hilchis Achag Bachag. Okay, so page 70, the second, in the middle of the second chapter. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine lines from the bottom. So as you recall, the the heart has two chambers. There's chitsonius alev, there's penimius alev. The outer heart, the inner heart, the outer heart means one level of emotion and the inner heart is another level of emotion. Outer and inner are, of course, symbolic symbolic uh, words, metaphors to the concept. Chitsoy is the emotional connection to Hashem that a Jewish soul is capable of developing as a result of awareness, meditation, reflection, perception, tam, Da'as and Seichel. And the key meditation that is involved is the understanding of La'ava, Hashem La'kecha, Ki Chayecha. That the chiyus in every single Nekuda of life, in every item, in every physical phenomenon, in every food, in every action, in every component of the human body and the human life, its true identity, its true substance, its true reality, its true core, its truth, in one word its truth is the divine core of it the elikus of it, the getlech of it it's not just an admonition or a warning not to jump into a fire, not to choose death, chalila over life but it's a much more subtle Subtle instruction, a much more challenging instruction. In everything, you could choose the death of it or the life of it. You could choose that which looks good but doesn't last, or that which is good and lasts. You could look at that which superficially is appealing and powerful, but it has no real, real substance. Or you could focus on that which remains alive because it was always alive. That which was never alive never remains alive, because it's ultimately the death component of it. What's its power? Its power is appeal, attraction, it's dazzling, it's persuasive. It's like a good diplomat who can sell you the Brooklyn Bridge, as they say. It looks beautiful, but essentially it's mavis And then there is to choose in every single nakuda of life, the chayim, the pneumious of it, the core of it. This is true of the way, way a person eats. It's true of the, people, the types of people you connect with. It's true about the conversations you have with people. It's true in everything, every type of relationship. Every Nikuda in the world, whether it's in a person or in an item, in yourself and others, there's the chayim of it and there is the Mavis of it. La'avis Hashem HaLakecha hu Choosing God doesn't mean choosing something above the world only, it means choosing the truth of the world. You're looking for the emiss of life. You're looking for the emiss of life. Okay, So that's all Chitsoinius Alev. This is Hasagas Anashamis, Hasagas Amalachim, Eshema Keila gadol. This is Malchus, this is Raymimus Kelbe of the Cherepefis, Beyadim Lasus Nekamavagoyim Techiches Baloman. Then there's Pnimius Alev. Pnimius Alev. Truth is, chitzayni is itself. Is something, it's a sugi you could sit on for a few years. Understand what a lakus is, what the world is, what life is. The is is in itself amuk amuk. As I said, it's not so chitzayni. is with all, with all the. Sitaka uses the word chitzayni, is but he knew he knows like we know that it's Zay is the relative to Pnimi is is so powerful, so deep that this becomes Chetzanius but this is this is really you know this is the meat and potatoes this is the essence of Yiddishkeit. La'avas Hashem Religion is not, in this view is not a doctrine it's not a superimposed faith it's not about dogma it's about sucking the marrow out of life that's the first definition of Judaism. The hast? Yeah. To suck the marrow out of life. To take the chayim in every nakuda. In every nakuda. To take the chayim out of it. we Are talking about noticing the godliness in ice cream? I mean, is that what we're talking about? <laughs> I, mean, a say, I do have to say, I do. You, I don't know if it's talking about seeing the godliness in ice cream. I do have to say that if you are really focusing on this, then some foods may have to go to the garbage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they really have very little, little, little things that are going to last. Shalat, yeah, shalat shalent like, is I'm life. Beginning. I'm not sure there's life without Shalant. Bahlala. I'm not shalant sure people that don't eat Shalant, how are they alive? It's a shaila. I don't even know they exist. You think it's reasonable, if you're trying to be for somebody, to encourage them to start with this Nakuna? There's not a lot here about their mitzvahs, really. It's really about a, a spiritual outlet. Is it reasonable to try to get somebody to start with this mahala if you're trying to be for somebody? I think not only it's re- he's asking if it's reasonable you want to be Makar of somebody to Yiddishkeit to start with this mahalach. I don't think it's only reasonable, I think it's, I think it's, it's vital, it's crucial. I think it's transformative. And I should say not only for people you want to be Makar of to Yiddishkeit, but also people who have been religious for many, many years. <laughs> I think it's vital, it's crucial because it's, uh, it's really, it's it's a change of paradigm of how we usually see religion and God and Judaism. You know, which is basically, there's a constitution that's trying to govern and limit your life. Anybody's definition of religion is, it limits your life. So some people will say, yeah, I love it. I love the limits to my life. But here's the exact opposite part. B'charta b'chayim means, actually, it's trying to make you live. Live, but live in, in a deep way. Live in an authentic way. Live with the full depth of reality. Live with the full depth of reality. In other words, it's a search for a sophisticated way of life, not for a, uh, Marx said, religion is opium for the masses. The idea of opium is people are weak, people are stupid, <laughs> people need uh, support, people need faith to make them feel better about their miserable lives. So you talk about Elam Habba, you talk about God, you talk about religion It gives people Hope. Fake hope, of course, according to that perspective. But that's what a drug is, so there's different types of drugs. Some are psychedelic, and the most successful and richest drug in the world is called religion. And it lasts very well because so many are invested in maintaining the drug, and it's legal. It's legal. Why is it Separation of church and state, huh? why, is not true? why is that not true? I cannot tell you that it's not true. You know that I'm not going to tell you that it's not true you have to reach your own conclusion about that. What I'm explaining is that in the Lakuta Torah here, you see that he has a very different definition of it. It's not out of weakness or because people need a crutch to hold on to because they don't want to walk on their own two feet. They don't want to take responsibility for their life. So they blame everything on God and everything is the next world, the next world, the next world. So this world you could, you know, just be miserable and celebrate it because in the next world you're going to be wonderful. But for him, I think the whole idea of Yiddishkeit was mamish maybe to the opposite, coming precisely from strength, coming precisely from confidence, coming precisely from the courage to look at the world and not just stop short and say, what is superficially appealing or intuitive is the end of reality, but actually opening oneself up to the mystery, to the infinite mystery of reality. And the first mystery of reality is, that there is so much depth here. And that depth has to do with having the ability to see the fact that nothing that exists is just what it is. Nothing that exists is just the physical brute matter that we make it out to be. And let's face it, I mean, anyone who's even familiar a little bit with the world of science and physics, I'm talking not even profound scientists, but people who even, you know, taste a little bit from the Eitz Hadas, know... That for many years, for many generations, there was a tyranny known as the tyranny of materialism. Materialism meant this world is a gosh me the world. Today, no sophisticated scientist will dare to say the universe is a physical universe. <laughs> it's very little physical about it. Now, I don't mean literally. It's not a. Fi- of course, it's a physical universe, but even the physical is very little physical about it. It's physical, but if you go know, a little beyond the physical. It is so multi-layered and complex, and when you reach the core, it reaches states that are so intangible and so uh, mind-staggering. I'm talking here about especially the fields of quantum physics as they're known. They are so uh, mind-staggering and counterintuitive. Stephen Hawking said once, I read an interview with him, he said, when you talk to me about quantum mechanics, I open up my drawer to take out my gun. You know, it's, I'm not dealing with it, because it's too, it's, uh, you know, they, for the last few years they figured out that subatomic particles are moving clockwise and counterclockwise simultaneously. When the Rajba wrote this, in Shalas of Suvazar Rajba, Sim and Toph Yudchas, the Rajba, this is the 1200s, the 1300s, in Barcelona, Spain, writes in the Middle Ages that Hashem is nimna Nimnois, it could be achas, writing and not writing, writing roiche roiche achas. The clock could go this way and that way. Yeah, Rabbi Yosef Albo argued with him. The Baal Sefer Ha'Ikrim argued with him. Who says? He says. There are things that even God is limited by. You know why? Because they don't make sense. You're not helping God by telling him he can do stupid things doesn't make sense. doesn't make sense. All the miracles in Torah, they have a theme, they have a purpose, they have an objective, they have a sechel to them. I could split the water in my sink and God could split the Red Sea. Okay, I can't split the Red Sea. He could. I could take a little water and turn it into blood. I can't take all the rivers. I can't take the whole Nile and turn it into blood. Shine. I could bring one frog. I can find in my pool a frog and bring you a frog. I just can't inundate a whole city with frogs. Fine. But, uh, but, uh, but writing and not writing the Basachas, a child is going to become older than a father? It's like saying 2 plus 2 equals 9. Okay, shut. that makes sense? Doesn't make sense. Saying that God can make 2 plus 2 equals 9, according to the Jewish philosophers, was a foolish statement. The Rashba said no. Nimnah ha And in, 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 in Chabad, said this, this became a very big thing, the Rajba's view versus the Sefer Ikrim's view. Today, this is a, if you're a self-respecting physicist, this is the language. Of course, it's moving this way and that way simultaneously. Schrödinger's cat, cat could be dead and alive. How exactly it works, we're not even sure how it works because there is a fascinating leap from the, from the world beyond uh, what we see to the world that we see somehow. When we look at the world, it collapses into predictable measures and shapes and, and movements We're we're not our eyes cannot deal with paradox, and we observe the world and we change the reality of the world. So I'm just bringing out that when you read here that uh, you know the esef, you have to look at a piece of grass and you have to be able to see the dvar Hashem in the esef. In other words, the world is made up of thoughts. The world is made up of words. Yeah, today with DNA, what is DNA? Yeah, what's DNA? Basically, the world is made up of iceiest. The world is made up of letters. Whoever thought of that? This, it says in Parshas Bereishis, but this was considered lunacy for the modern thinker. The world is made of words. Basarim Morris nivra ha'olam. And Tanya, it says that the chiyus of everything he says here also is the Dvar Hashem, the iceiest that are Basically, there's a DNA to existence in the whole universe. You could look and you could ultimately see it as thoughts, as words. The sidewalk I'm walking on, the coffee I'm drinking, the keys I'm I'm, I'm holding. These are words, these are letters. What are you, joking? You're mocking? What he's saying here is that there's the chayim in everything, and everything has the chayim of it. Is it even ice cream? Yeah, even ice cream. Even ice cream. I'm just saying, you know, it's when you're eating a black and white or potato chips, I don't know how to break this to you. If you really dissect it, it's probably going to be more mothers than Chayim. You can ask your wife, but uh, that's what they say. Cucumbers, on the contrary, or kale, or barley kernels. Oh, now you're talking about life. Now you want to know why God made that for kale and for barley kernels and lettuce, you have to develop a taste. And for black and white ice cream and potato chips, you don't have to develop a taste. That's an altashayla. That's part of everything. Why do you not only have to meditate, you don't have to sit and meditate to develop a taste for vanilla ice cream, but to develop a taste for cucumbers and lettuce and kale for breakfast, lunch and dinner, it's a psorhtikal Okay, that's uh, part of the avoid of life. But that's just one example. Food is just one example of this. The chayim versus, versus the mavis. Okay, and the truth is, it may be that when uh, people get control of how they eat and what they eat, their lives change, and that's why people are afraid of it. Because food is such a powerful element of Yiddishkeit and of life. As long as we remain dysfunctional in our attitudes to eating, much of our Judaism can afford to remain dysfunctional too. It doesn't challenge us. But you do understand that our whole institution of Shabbos and Tov and food is completely distorted. From its original objective. I mean, we learned about sheishes and and about toyo and tikkun, and how to eat and what eating is. Eating today became a substitute for um, for a lot of things in life that are probably a little more important. To put it simply, many of us today live to eat. We live to eat. We don't eat to live. You don't eat to live. You live, and you know you're going to come home. There's going to be a meal. It's the purpose of life. You live to eat. That's not what eating is. You're supposed to eat to live. The whole eating is a heksha to live. Who does that anymore? Very few people eat to live. You live to eat. And that's the, the eating is the schar. <laughs> the eating today is the schar. You had a hard week. Friday night is going to be a toyahamma. That's schar of all your avoiding. When eating becomes a schar, gevaldik, that, That's not gewald. Gevald, that's a disaster. Eating is a schar, right? <laughs> it's a strange phenomenon. Eating is a hechshet. The problem is we have a lot of anxiety. And food dulls anxiety. For a few minutes, when you're eating halopsis, you don't feel anxious. The anxiety comes right back afterwards, so you go and you eat more. And then you're even more anxious, so you eat double. It's not a problem. Then you go to the gym, and then you get more anxious. So you eat again. When you come out, then you say, now I could eat because I just worked out, so it's not a problem. I'll call khoban you get the point. So in everything, I think there's the chayim and the Mavis. Now, uh, is it an opium for the masses? This, this is a journey everyone has to discover. Is it an opium for some people? Of course it's opium for some people. Nobody can deny that. Is it really an opium for the masses? I think when one opens themselves up to deeper layers of Judaism, they see that that, not, that was not the objective. The Jews were not uh, driven to embrace God because uh, they were insecure or they were fearful. It came, I think, not from blindness, but from sophistication. Okay, that's all chitsayni yisaleif. That's all chitsayni yisaleif. You do mention ice cream, so it reminds me, there was a big mashpiyah in Lubavitch. His name was Yabnissin Nemenov. Neminov. He was a serious oivet Hashem. He had a yeshiva in Brinoa, which is a suburb of, uh, of Paris. You learned in Brinoa. So, uh, his name was Yobnison Neminov. He always used to speak about controlling yourself and eating. And he had this war against, in Russian, there's a word word called marozhina. Marozhina means ice cream. So when he would would talk, he would always talk about the terrible minig in America that people eat marozhina. He couldn't understand it. Ice cream, ice cream, marozhina, marozhina. One son, he passed away in the early 80s. He was sitting at a wedding in, in Brooklyn. He came from Paris for a wedding, Ibn Sin, and you know, at the wedding, so he's just sitting there, they serve ice cream. So Abnison is sitting and eating ice cream. A yid comes over to him, a Talmud of his, a former says, I do not get this. For years I heard you speaking against my roshana." What are you doing? How are you eating? He says, "Ah, das is <laughs> <laughs> so that's, uh, that's, this is my Rajna. So that's that's a miser shahaya. <laughs> you got to respect that. You got to respect that. <laughs> but uh, you know, I don't know if many people are in that pchina. That's chitzai Aleph. What's pnimi nisalev? So yes, Chitzony Yusalev really is is changing the paradigm of Judaism in many ways. From dogma to um, self-discovery. Dogma to self-discovery. Pneum Yusalev has to do with a whole other reality. That the Neshama is really an antenna. uh, That's the word. It's an antenna for a sound that comes from Soiviv of Not Mamalika. Mamalika-Lalman is the cosmic God. Saygav-Kalalman is the transcendental God. Mamalika-Lalman is God as the core of the world. Now that's big stuff. That's big That's God is the Chaim of the world. As the truth of an atom. (coughs) The truth of a particle. The truth of a cell. Right? The truth of a gene. The truth of a jinnum, The truth of every Nakuda. The truth of a tissue, of a bone, of a sinew, any nakuda. The truth of a piece of food, like he said, the truth of a blade of grass, the truth of an asaph. But that's not the sum total of what God is. This is where uh, a different note completely, but just it's good to mention there was a Jew's name was Baruch Spinoza. Spinoza. And he developed, he lived in the 17th century in Amsterdam. If you go visit Amsterdam and you go to the Schul, you'll still see on the wall the Cheyrim, the original Cheyrim against Baruchel Spinoza or Spinoza. Uh, he was when, you know, Cheramim in Jewish history have a double-edged sword because they demonize somebody but they also make him world famous. You know, the best thing you can, if you're publishing a book, the best thing you can ask for is a ban on the book. Because uh, maybe not sold in the regular bookstores around here. I don't know, Tuvia maybe, you know, but... Uh, but I don't know the other stores. Uh, he's anti-establishment a little. But uh, but uh, other stores, they may not sell it, but everybody else will buy it. Everybody else will buy it. So uh, <coughs> so Spinoza was put in Cherem. You know how how effective Chramim were in Jewish history. After an, it's still a good debatable item. You know, Chiramim, was that the best idea to put somebody in Cheder? For one thing, you give him a lot of attention, maybe undeserving. Second of all, anybody who wants to feel like a revolutionary has to go there, because that's anti-establishment. It's not always, okay, but sorry. One of his big Shpikshittas is known as pantheism. Pantheism basically equates, very briefly and simply, very simply, equates God with nature. In other words, what is God? God is the sum total of nature. God is nature. When the Baal started to say words like, Got is alts, and alts is God, or the words that you're seeing here, La'avas Hashem alakecha ki right? That God is not something different than the world, but the pnimius of the world, that is God. There were those who didn't have a Chusha ha'afchama, but some scholars who wanted to equate the two. They didn't understand that it was, min ha'katsa la'katsa. Why? if you would stop with mamala kalal min mela maybe, <laughs> but there's also saiviv. In other words, you say there's no nature outside of God, but you don't say there's no God outside of nature. You heard what I said? You say there's no nature outside of God, but you don't say there's no God outside of nature. So that's of kalam. Even mamala is not mamish. What he said, it's a whole different. But sorry, I just want to m- mention that point. That's why the second nechuda is that the neshama is an antenna of something that's completely transcendent of the worlds. He says, Mitzad the Neshama, the pnimius Halev of the Neshama, there's an Alekus in the Nefesh, which is revealed in Pchinus Yechida, and here it's a reflection not of Mamaleh, but of soiviv, which causes in the Neshama a Reusah a Ratz Halev, an Avas Halev, that transcends Tam, Das, Seichel, hasaga. It's what's called It's not based on the reasoning and the perception of understanding God as the core of life. It's rather that the soul has in it a divine antenna that it picks up and detects the reality of Hashem, of Soiv of Kalam, and that's completely beyond, where Ruchnius is really like Ashmius, He's not even defined as is more than Gashmis. In fact, Ruchnius and Gashmis are identical. HaKadosh BaShamayim or BaAretz. Es HaShamayim Ani Ein Mazali Yisrael. That's the Ein Mazali Yisrael. The Jewish people are not experiencing the vibrancy of life only pr- through the process of evolution. From the Malachim to the Mazalas, from the Mazalas to the planet Earth which is the regular process of evolution, it's atem tiuli, it's chelak kashem, amoi. amoy, they're from kadosh and muvdum. So he says as follows, sak, This love in the soul could be completely eclipsed in a levush sak. You know what a sak is? A sackcloth, And therefore it's an exile. What does it mean something is an Exile. People were, let's say, political prisoners were sent into exile. What happens in exile? In exile, you're not free to move around the way you would like to, and you're not free to be creative as you would like to be. Basically, you have to serve the enemy, like somebody who's in prison, Khalil, or in exile. Basically, they serve their master. They do what the master wants them to do. Their schedule conforms to the master's schedule, not to their own schedule. Their own creative abilities can't be expressed because they are confined. When you say this aves and gulos, it means something very profound. These are not simple. What does it mean? It's in gulos. It's in gulos. But toich hakuf and nefesh abahamis keim yeh maymer asal the gemara at the end of Megillah golu le edoy shchina Everybody knows Amarashbi, the end of Megillah bechol mukam shagalu Yisrael shchina wherever Jews went into exile the shchina went with them and he goes through the list. Galula Bavel, Galula Elam, Galula Yavon, Galula Edom. Okay, there's different gears. It's in Enyaqev. He goes through the various exiles that Rashbi can talk about in his generation, basically from Babylonia to Persia to Greece and then to Rome, known as Edom, Ace of Edom, Rome, what we call the West, Imam. How does the world type Imam? Hashem goes into Gullus with the Jewish people. Balatanya says there's something deeper. You know the Shekhinah? That's Imam. The Shekhinah is your own Shekhinah. Shekhinah is the godly spark, the godly fire in your own soul. When you go into galus, don't think you're going yourself. The your Shekhinah is going to galus. your Nitzutz is going. It becomes exiled and it becomes subjugated, it becomes an event From what? The first thing is daigas haparnasa. The stress of making a Parnosa. Shema Kefes as Haleva hanefesh. The stress of Parnassa is so deep, it encompasses, it envelops, it engulfs, it encloses not only part of your mind and not only part of your heart. Haleva hanefesh. This Pnimius Halev that we're talking about that detects Soyv of kalalmen, It's now hijacked. For the stress to fuel your parnasa, that's how stressful it is. He takes here that expression from the nesana but with a, his own twist. Benafshay yovelachmay means you remember the end of the nesana tokev. Adam yesoidem ayofa vesoifel ayofa. Benafshay yovel. What does that mean? With your soul, you go bring your bread. In other words, people have to sacrifice their soul to bring their bread. He says, "What's benafshay? Benafshay is the pnimi yisanefesh." The The core soul, the ha Halev, is involved. The tarud liboy is One's heart is overwhelmed with the many multitudes thoughts around ha What happens here is the ha-nefesh is engulfed by stress. Now it's engullus. When something is engul something there's a difference between being asleep and being in exile. When you're asleep, the part of you is latent, is dormant. That's called Shana. Golos means you're being manipulated by the enemy. It's much; it's a different condition. You understand the difference? You could say the pnimi Sanefesh is in Golos. You don't have access to it. That's one thing. Here it's not only you don't have access to it. It's Golu Edaim Shechina Iman. When the Jew goes into their personal Golos, the Nitzutz Elakus, the Yechider Shebenefesh, also goes in. And what happens then is, a reality that is really there to feel and experience a relationship with Hashem's own core, with Seyv of Kalalman, is now feeding a whole different reality using its passion, using its creativity in exile, using it for that which is contrary to its own natural design. And here in two, three lines, we'll understand a fascinating phenomenon that the Semach elaborates on, his grandson elaborates on elsewhere. And that is how Jews do business. Anybody who ever <laughs> thought about how Jews do business, and maybe you can even look in the mirror if you try to do business once in a while, you know Jews don't have the concept knowing nine to five. It does not exist. No Jews know what it means nine to five. In the middle of the night, in the middle of the day, 24 hours a day, They're miserable on vacation. They don't even know what it means. They're sitting on the couch, texting, email, thinking, planning, scheming. The stress is overwhelming. God bless them. Gentiles know what it means to come home at night. You come home at night, you sit down, you actually relax. Jews have a very hard time doing it. They're always stressed out, very stressed out. What is it? What he is suggesting here is that Jews' relationships with Parnassa has a quality of infinity that fuels it. Why? Because this soul, the Pnemi Yisanafesh, is really rooted in Sohiv of Kalalman. Sohiv of Kalalman is beyond the world. When you take that quality and you put it into a business... (laughs) So now you know what's happening? (laughs) Now you're never satisfied. You're never content. You're always looking more, 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 more. You never have a moment of serenity and tranquility because you see the potential to take over the whole world. I already made you $300,000 this year, pay your tuition and go on vacation and be quiet for a few days. No, I got to make more more and more. And even if you have, it's not relevant, we all know this, how much you have, how much you don't have. If you don't have Avada, if you have it's even worse. (laughs) Because you compare yourself to somebody else. So what basically is happening is the infinity of the soul is fueling the stress of Parnassa. That's a tragic olos. Because you're using a very idealistic quality. It's the most idealistic quality of the Jew. What is this idealistic quality? A relationship with the core of reality that's infinite. But what is it being used for? It's being used for something that's really alien to the fabric of the soul. You're not going to go into Golis with your base qualities. Your whole Shekhinah goes in there. Your whole Shekhinah is fueling it. Take a look at all the revolutions in the modern or ancient era, and you'll see the Trotskys of the world are Jewish. Their names are not Leon Trotsky, their names are Labor Lebronstein. Labor Lebrunstein is Leon Trotsky, or Karl Marx, etc. Et Why? A small people like Jews, less than a quarter of one percent of civilization, should learn to keep to themselves. <laughs> You're such a minority, you keep to yourself, stop making noise, stop making a ruckus. Move to Ermont and be quiet. Eat pizza and be quiet. So that's what some Jews do. But they can't help themselves. I told you last time, they don't know how to play Little League. What is this? The answer is Shechina Imam. Soiv of is not content with sitting in a little corner in a plane seat and reading the magazine in the seat of the plane. doesn't work that way. It feels something that is transcendent beyond the world, and therefore it fixes the world. Where does this energy get go, have an outlet? Oh, that's the question. So you could decide to turn the world into a socialist paradise or hell, but that's where it's expressing itself. What's expressing itself? Soh kalalman, Infinite, infinite, transcendent energy. And that's why it has no bounds. It has no limits. It has no day and no night. It often becomes fearless. It often can be even beyond Seichel because it's rooted in a very, very deep, powerful place. Very powerful. I once heard the Lubavitcher Debra once said, very, very poignant and sad statement. He said, That's beyond Seichel. This was in the early 80s. He says, You understand? (laughs) The power of faith beyond reason is rooted in the Jewish soul. So he says, some Jews, they have a munah in Arafat, meaning it's not (laughs) Zeichel. You could see, call it today a peace process, Palestinian state, whatever you want to call it. It's the concept of, I believe you. I, every reality in life shows me against. Doesn't have to do. It's using the power of Jewish faith misdirected. Instead of using it for Hashem, it says they use it on their own enemies. So therefore, whatever the enemy does, you cannot mis- You cannot prove to me that you want to destroy me. There's nothing you can do to prove it. I once asked a Jew, when we were debating, It was a panel about this, I asked him, What do our neighbors have to do in order for you to say that at this moment in history for Israel to give away territory is lethal and suicidal for Jews? What do they have to do? Tell me. Give me a number of how many people they have to kill, how many children have to die. Tell me what they have to do. I'll say... Any, any debate that there's no way of verifying who's right and who's wrong, it's not a logical debate. I could tell you what they have to do for me to say that I'm wrong. I could tell you in a second for me to say I'm wrong. Sharon left Gaza in 2005, and the next day they built universities, campuses, hospitals, daycares, playgrounds, parks. They used the greenhouses of the settlers to create the billion-dollar economy, I would say, I was wrong. Sharon was brilliant. Thank God I was wrong. Look, here is an experiment. You give refugees a state, at least semi-state, and look what they're doing with it. I I would say I'm wrong. Unfortunately, within a few hours, the missiles were flying, and one day it became Hamas. I want to know the other way. What would convince you that you're wrong? Tell me what? Tell me what? Nothing. That's the tragedy. Nothing. A bus should blow up. They blew up already. They should call for the destruction of Jews. They did. What do you want? What do you want them to do? Name streets on terrorists? Fee- tell the kids in all the schools that Jews are the devil? What do you, what's going to prove it to you? This is the Koyech of Amunah. You understand? It's Amunah for Hashem. But it's directed in the wrong place. That's goladam Adem Finish with a very deep story. This is from Rabbi Yoel Kahn once. And I heard this from Reb Yoel Kahn once. He said that, he said by the Baal, Shem, the Baal Shem used to daven for a long time. There was a yid in the shul of the Baal Shem He was a shiker, an alcoholic. He used to come every day to the Baal Shem davening. After davening, he would go and spend the day drinking. They once asked him, why do you come to the Balsham Tavzdaveni? I want you to hear what he said. This is a response of an alcoholic who was a deep soul. He said as follows, every taiva is limited, even addiction to alcohol. That itself is a chiddish, but that's what he said. Even addiction is limited. Why? Because a human is mortal, so everything in a human is mortal, every craving is limited. Therefore, whenever you have a craving of limit that's limited, when you fulfil the craving, the tainug is also limited, because the pleasure of filling a void is always commensurate with how deep the void is. If the void is infinite, the pleasure is infinite. If the void is finite, the pleasure is finite. We all understand that. He says after a while I'm drinking and drinking and drinking, it's limited. The taiva is limited and the fulfilment is limited. And I wasn't having the pleasure I wanted to get from the alcohol. I come to the Baal Shem Tov's Davening. Vird there is an experience of infinity. My appetite becomes infinite. Now I go to drink. It's a different drinking experience. That's the tragic story of the Jewish psalm. argument to sort of prove against the existence of God. Since there's nothing that... There's a guy, Anthony Flew, he's a very very famous British philosopher. They say at the end of his life... He changed. I read that he changed. You read the original Marshall about the gardener? You have to send me about the invisible gardener. He takes something to a field, and no matter what you say, what argument you come up with to say, you know... That, that God uh, okay. doesn't exist you see God doesn't exist he says well he exists but you have up to understand this: open up so if, if there's nothing that can disprove right. then, then what kind of right. that's assault but they, they say it's a big controversy with each mm-hmm. so, right. and, and the other thing is the idea of being Makaris people with so let's continue weiter right inside one two three four four lines from the bottom on page 70 So the nakuda is that sometimes for a person to bring his bread, to be the breadwinner, he has to actually pay with his soul. The Nafshayav And which soul? The entire soul could become overwhelmed and uh, submerged, drowned. In the tirdus and the stresses of these of the of the parnasa, this is one example of galu la Edoim shchina When the soul go, when the Jew goes into Golus, the shchina, his own shchina, the nitzutzalakus goes in to and the the activities that are done in Golus are often done with the full power and intensity of that soul. There's a tait from the Balatanya on the Pesach. It says in Tehillim, Mikfirim Yechidasi. David HaMelech asks in Chavbeis Tehillim, Mikfirim Yechidasi. Literally it means, save my Yechida, my my singularity, my oneness from Kfirim. You know what Kfirim are, yeah? How do you translate? No, young lions. lions. kfirim shoyagim la toref latoref me'el achlam. In Baruch Hinavshi, right? Kvdalat. Kfirim. The Kfirim are the young lions crying for their prey. Latareth. We say in Baruch Mikfirim Yechidasi. Save my Yechidah from Kfirim, from young lions. Pshat. The Bala Tanya Taitcha's hair. Mikfirim Yechidasi. Save my Yechidah from being involved in Kfirah. Because once the Yechideh is fueling the Kfirah, it has no limits. Once your atheism is being fueled by religious fervor, it knows no bounds. There was once a uh, professor, a Christian professor, he described Jews. He once gave the definition of Jews as religious. He said the definition of a Jew is that he is a religious person. So somebody said to him, you know, most Jews are really not religious. Even some Jews who are religious are not so religious. And most Jews are not religious. He says, you don't understand. It's the definition of a Jew. A Jew cannot be not religious. Because even a Jewish atheist, his atheism is practiced with religious fervor. So he's always religious. The question is, what's the nature of his religion, huh? Sometimes atheism warming. becomes a religion. Yeah, global warming, whatever it is. <coughs> Pro-Palestinian, it beca- atheism, but it's not just neutral. It's done with the full intensity of a religion. And that's why it has a power of faith, l'maylam and the facts can be pointing the other way. It becomes irrelevant. Mikfirim Save Mikfirim Save my from fueling my Kfir. Because then it has a whole different gather. Ben Nafshayavilach So this Ava could be completely inaccessible and this Ava from Pneum could even more than that could be in Golos. It could be manipulated it could be used in ways that are contrary to its very design, its very nature. But its revolutionary spirit is very deep. The question is how it's harnessed, what is its outlet. Sometimes the outlet can be something very unproductive or even destructive. But the energy, the energy is a Givaldic energy. You have to be able to distinguish between the energy and the way it's being expressed, the way it's being harnessed. Alze Nemar, We now come back to the words of the zoyar. Man dekot to and the Malk. The zoyar said as he brought earlier in the beginning of the Maimur, he who kills the snake, they give him the daughter of the king. So the Alter Rebbe the Balatanya said that there's two elements in the melchama of life. One is the melchama that a person on their own, the koyach of the nefesh shall kiss. The nefesh alakis has the power to overcome, and then there's another element of the mulcham, <coughs> Excuse me, that the nefesh on its own cannot accomplish. It's a gift from above, in So he says, "Man dekata These are the two elements of the heart: the outer and inner heart. Man Somebody who kills the snake, what do they mean? What, would it, what do we mean? The person makes their soul more powerful through Khitsaini Yah in the external heart, meaning through the battle that is available to every person through the power of the soul's seichel and the power of the soul's Osaga, as explained before. That Khitsaini Yesalev is, is always based on awareness. It's always based on perception. The way you think about things is the way you will feel about things. And therefore when a person Wraps their brain and their mind around the truth of La'ava, Automatically, that will generate a certain sense of a certain sense of emotion and inspiration. But that's only in that which you can understand. Hasagas anashamas. Hasagas As God has explained them But that's the first level of the Melchama. That's the Melchama that you can accomplish. Because every person can create a mindset. A person could think about certain things. A person could meditate on certain things. And that will naturally result in how they feel about life. That's the Koyach of Yirmalcham. That's what you can do on your own. Then there is Yavin in brata Brat What's the daughter of the king? The daughter of the king, he said, that's Nekudas knesses Yisrael. Nekudas Tziyayim. That's Pnimi Alev. Pnimi Alev is a gift, meaning... Yav in leimelae lebrata demalke the daughter of the king. He pchinas giluy nekudas pnimius aleiv benefesh that you can experience, you can access the nekuda, the core of the internal Jewish heart of the soul. In the soul, the nekudas pnimius aleiv he melchama la Hashem ba molik leziyam elam alagila. This is the melchama against the molik. That's melchama la Hashem. This is not always in the capacity of the person himself or herself. But the, the Hashem's melchame to help you bring out from concealment to revelation, the nekudas pnimi yisalev, the yichidish abenefesh, the inner heart, which is the lakus of the soul, rooted not in mamale but in saivav kalamen, that aspect of the soul that is an antenna to detect the intimate <laughs> presence and reality of Hashem transcending all of the universes. The chelak Kashem amoi, the Bashamayim, That is the gift from above. Vezehu, top of lamed vav, amet aleph, page seventy one. Vezehu kisetsi lamalchama. The haynu melchemes hanefesh bezalou mazeh. The pasuk says kisetsi malcham. When you go out to war, it's not just a physical war that's on one level, but on another level, it's melchemes hanefesh. It's the war of the soul. The human psyche is made up of two souls. Human life, as we said, is a tale of two souls. We operate on two levels of consciousness. We have two operating systems. So there's the melchama of the nefesh, there's the nefesh of Kedusha, and there's the nefesh of Bahamas. Ki seitze la melchama, azayti ya'aloy Apparently, the Pasek should have said, Kisei Tzeh LaMulchama Neged Ayvecha. Kisei Tzeh LaMulchama Ima Ayvecha. When you go to war with your enemy, against your enemy. It's not what the Pasek says. The Torah in the beginning of Kisei Tzeh says, Kisei Tzeh Al Ayvecha. Above your enemy. If you're above your enemy, you're not going to war. What's Pshat? So he says, He b'chines gilin kudas alev, Shehu m'b'chines sevav kalalmin l'mayla meyvecha. Kiseitze, there's two stages here. There's the la LaMulchama and there's the Alevech. When you go out to war and you accomplish whatever you can accomplish in your own internal conflict between your own Nefesh HaLekis and your own Nefesh The Explained earlier the function of Davening. Then you could come to stage two. Phase B, which is Alevecha. What's Alevecha? When you have the Gili Nekudas the Halev, the revelation of the core of the heart, which comes from Soi of Kalam and not Kalam. That's Lamay Lamey It's above your enemy. She'ein le'oyev she'lemata shlita va'achiza sham. The enemy below has no dominance, has no achiza, has no hold there. K'may Shekosev, as the Pesach says, Asher Cholak Hashem Oysam Lechol Amen. When it comes to the stars and the legions of heaven, he says that he gave to the nations. In other words, they operate on, they have access to some concepts of mamalik But soyviv, the Oyev has no access there. Because when you're dealing with godliness that restricts itself and encloses itself in the world, see, so it is a process of mazalis. But we said ain mazalis wrong. The nesham, the lakus of the nefesh is connected to save of kalama that completely transcends the worlds. There, the enemy. When that part of the Jew comes out, there's no opposition. There's no foe. There's no competitor. There's no zelo <laughs> The next step happens. <laughs> and then there's <laughs> the Passo continues. What's the end? The <laughs> Passo you will capture its captive, Vishavisa you will go into enemy territory, Vishavisa, you will capture one of its captives. And the passage continues Isa You're going to see a beautiful, beautiful Isha, beautiful woman in the Mulhama, the you're going to wander. The whole process that the Torah continues and he says that he's going to discuss, al Rukhni is what that means. What's v'shavisa shivyoy? She nishapich a ra'al ha'tsoyim k'hulim. shivyoy means you take its captives, one of its own comes over to you. This means that there's a transformation in a person's life. From ra to toiv, because the bgodim ha'tsoyim, the unclean clothes are removed, and therefore the ra could be nishapich latoiv. toiv, k'mo'yishakos of be'itschayim b'shem when there's the revelation and the expression of the light of Hashem that is save of Kalam, that transcends all of the worlds. How does that come out? It comes out in the Pnimiyyas, Nekudas, Alev of a Jew, which is beyond the enemy, then there could be the Shavisa, that the Ra can actually be transformed into Taif. What does this mean? What does this mean? The Kitza, what it means is, he speaks about Hasaris, Habgadim, Hatsayim, and then there's Neshapech, Hara, L'Taif. When you talk about the Nefesh Bahamas, the animal soul, or you talk about the Ra in a person, there's always two aspects. There's the outer shell, and there's the inner core. And the two are never identical. There's the outlet of the Nefesh Bahamas. the Ra itself. itself. In order to be Mahapach the Ra, you have to first remove the B'gadim Hatsayim, the unclean clothes, and then the Ra could be transformed. Because when you take away the B'gadim you can actually cultivate and metamorphosize there. What do we mean by B'gadim Hatzayim? literally means filthy clothes, unclean garments. It's a metaphor, of course. Garments is our appearance, what we look like. I don't see you yourself. I see you through your clothes. The Gemara says, Yochanan, Kari Rabbi used to call clothes that which is mechab, the person. People invest a lot of time and a lot of energy into the types, some people, into the types of clothes that they wear. Some people stand in front of mirrors for hours to make sure that their clothes mummish reflect a certain image. And in the spirit of let live and let live and let live, we don't judge. We don't judge anybody, so everybody could feel good, but... Uh, that's different people. Clothes becomes very, very important. And we know that clothes could be very deceiving. The word beged in Hebrew has the same etymology like the word boiged. Boged means a traitor. Why? Because the gadim hem bogdim. Clothes betray. You could be a wealthy man, but you're dressed like a homeless beggar and everyone, nebach looks at you, a and ben coptsin. Or the other way around, it could be a kaptsin, ben kaptsin, ben kaptsin, but you dress up and suddenly you're Rabban you're the gevir from the shtetl. Okay, Goddam mean very, very little. To give it a little of a more contemporary Greece, you could watch in shul, somebody walks into shul and they're dressed for Shabbos with the of Goddam of the kohen gadol. Shtraymal and the bekesh and the gartel and the saks and the and it looks mamish, holy beyond holy, what's happening inside I don't know sometimes the inside is as holy as the outside, sometimes it's holier and sometimes there's other things going on or whatever the garment the person wears, it's not negaya, this garment, that garment the point is the beged reflects something but it's not always synonymous it's not always identical with that which is inside the baguette, in fact if you really think about it, the whole Sefer Bereshis, from beginning to the end, is one long meditation on how clothes betray reality. From Parshas Bereshis, on and on till the end, most of the major dramatic stories happened as a result or are connected with clothes. Adam and Chava, Chom and Noach, of course, uh, uh, Yaakov and Esav, Yehudah and Tamar Yosef and his tunic Yosef as a Prime Minister it's constantly, all the dramas revolve around the, the clothes betraying a person when you say here therefore, this is the message when you look at a Nefesh of Bahamas, you could look at it from its clothes perspective, its outer appearance or you could remove the B'gadim Hatsayim and look at it from its primiistic perspective once you could remove all the clothes, you're free actually to transform the ra into ta'if, v'shavisa shivya. Why? Because the clothes will not distract you anymore. What does this mean? This means you always have to be able to distinguish between what a person says they want or feels they want and what they really, really want. What they say they want, what they feel they want, is usually not what they really, really want. Let's take most habits of people, or most desires of people, or most, uh, we like to use the word addiction in this class, I don't know why. But uh, many, let's use the word cravings, okay, much more benign, a much more benign term. Let's use the term cravings, or the good old term tivus that he uses earlier, tivus. I want... Uh, Taivas today, certainly. Okay? You say in Elul there's only Taivas, there's no addictions. <laughs> I hate to tell it to you, it's the other way around. Elul and Tishrei are not easy months for addicts. Because the guilt comes down in its full intensity and it's very difficult month. Very difficult month. Everything toxic about religion in their minds... Full blowing up, blows up fully. It's, you have to be very careful, very careful with Ella and Tishrei. You have to have, you have to know how to celebrate Ella and Tishrei with serenity, with joy, with simcha. So, a person has cravings, whatever it may be. It could be a woman, it could be a website, it could be a piece of food, it could be alcohol, it could be gambling. Whatever it is, it could be covet whatever it may be, more benign, less benign, more destructive, less destructive, uh, terrible, not so terrible, it looks terrible, whatever it is, what is it? There's two levels. There's what he's feeling and there's what he doesn't know he's feeling, but he's really feeling. When I want something, I have a void that I'm trying to fill. That void is usually not bad at all. That void is seeking Something that I really, really need. However, the way it's translating itself, the way it's expressing itself is I want this person. I want this experience. I want this website. How do I know it's not that? Because you got it. (laughs) Is that enough? It's never enough. Why is it never enough? You have it already. You need more. You need more. You need more. Because that's just a smokescreen. That's just an appearance. And always the bar goes higher and higher and higher and higher. So you have to be able to distinguish between the core, the koya ha and the taiva. The taiva may be ra. The koya ha what's behind the taiva, is sometimes very, very edel, very, very noble. Maybe a person never got affirmation that they really exist maybe they are just in need of endless validation. They have a bottomless pit of insecurity. You know what a bottomless pit means? As many compliments as I give you, it won't help because there's a leak. It just goes right out. So you could sit and get compliments, and you still want more. You still crave more. Why? Because I don't have a core. I don't have a core. As somebody once said, if compliments... Create you, criticism destroys you. If compliments don't create you, criticism doesn't destroy you. Person needs validation. The the, the Chazal say, <laughs> Somebody who chases after covered, yeah, the covered runs away from him. Why? Why can't you chase after covered and the covered stays? <laughs> What's wrong? You chase after money, sometimes the money stays there. <laughs> Why? When you chase COVID, the COVID runs away. Why can't the COVID stay, for heaven's sake? Someone Anybody here ran after COVID? It always runs away? So the Maharal says, it runs away by definition. You're not capable of it. The, the biggest bizayun is to run after COVID. <laughs> How could the COVID not run away? The most disrespectful thing you can do for yourself is run after covet. Or to put it in different terms, huh? No, the void is looking for something good. It's looking for something. That a fact that a person should feel that they have absolute value is 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 very important. It's it's noble, it's beautiful, it's the truth. It's the truth of what a person is. So a person never got that, they're yearning for it. They may they way they may express it, ah, maybe through very pathetic, pathetic things that won't even satisfy them. sometimes people, especially young people, they have a crush on somebody. Anybody is familiar with this? Okay, you don't have to all raise your hand simultaneously. You have a crush on somebody. Yeah, sometimes with Bach, whatever. A crush. I'm not getting into what type of crush. I know there could be millions of types, but could. What is it? This person. I always want to be near this person, learn with this person, talk to this person. I need more. What is this? What is it? You're not looking for that person. There's something you see in that person that somehow in your mind could fill a terrible void that you have. And you're trying to get it from them. But you don't have the ability to be able to see that at the moment. So all you feel is the begged, the external craving, but that's a boyged. it's betraying what you really need. The same is true with almost any, maybe every, almost any Taiva in the world. Sometimes what you're really looking for and what you say you're looking for are not the same thing. When you could figure this out, now comes the journey of real liberation. But for this, you first have to break the patterns. You first have to remove the B'gadim Hatsayim. As long as you're stuck with B'gadim Hatsayim, this is what we call you're addicted. You're stuck. This is what you know. I have a craving? Boom. This is where I go. That's why you can't come to the second stage without the first stage. First, the person has to remove the B'gadah Matzayim. That means they have to discipline themselves. They have to be in full control where their hearts and actions and words and thoughts are going. Remove the B'gadah Matzayim. That's one stage in the Mulham. Once that happens, now you have the ability to identify the core of your anxiety. The core of your cravings. The Koya And the Ra could be transformed to Taif. Because you'll find that the Nefesh is not evil. It's not evil. It's an animal. It's not evil. It's an animal. It may not have the sophistication to figure everything out. But its Koya Chamis is pure. It's not evil. That person who's Asr cannot free himself. Ein how could he be made of Matsayim? Oh, so of course, sometimes a person needs somebody else's help. but he says before you get to Shavisa Shivyoi, which is transforming the Ra for that through Gily Pnimius Halev, first there has to be Asaurus of Godim Without that, the person can't come to Veshavisa Shiviyoi. It's impossible. But once there's Hasarus, Havgadim, Matsayim, even on some level, now transformation is possible. Balatanya says in the Torah, Chukas, that's the Para secret. The paraduma: is you take the animal, it's red, you burn it, and you reduce it to ashes. What is that all about? And you sprinkle ashes with water, and abracadabra, you're cleansed. So we say, it's a chaik. It's a choyk. Shloima Melch said, ach marti ach hakma, vihi rechoykam i meni. Chazal say was talking about Paraduma, Even shloima So there's elements of it that are choyk, but there's an akudah here that's very, very powerful. The Paraduma represents the beast and the person. Sometimes it's red, it's passionate. Everything is made up of four components. Eish, ruach, mayim, afar. Fire, ear, water, earth. If you wish, uh, positive, anti positive, gas, energy. You burn something, the Aish goes up in the fire, the Ruach goes up in the smoke, the Mayim goes up and evaporates. And then you have the offer. And the offer remains in the ashes. And that's the core that doesn't go away. The Yisoid offer To make the Parah Duma into a source of Tara. You have to be able to remove all of the extra components and get to its core, to the offer. Avram says, "Va'noichi offer And when you get to its core, you'll see it's a source of cleansing. It's not a source of tumah. It's a source of cleansing. But to get to that core, I have to be able to burn away all the sa- all the extras and really get to its etzem, really get to its muhus. Uh, no, hasarus Abgadim is before. After hasarus Abgadim HaTzoyim, then the person can experience the Alei which allows the Vishavisar HaShiviyah, as he will explain. So therefore, we often define ourselves exclusively by what we're gravitating to. But that's not fair to yourself. What you're gravitating to And what you're searching for really internally may be completely two different worlds. And you see this constantly with people. They have anxiety, so therefore this becomes the outlet. Really they need something else. Does it help? What helps? Whatever they they find. If you're ready to work on yourself, it helps. If not, not. If not, Mm -hmm. nothing helps. If you're ready, what they found as an outlet for anxiety, does that work? Ah, outlets never help by definition because it's not what you want. It's not the alcohol I want. It's not the woman I want. It's not the website I want. It's not even the attention I want. It feels good. It feels good for five minutes, no question. But it just makes me more hungry, more thirsty, more yearning. I can't get enough of it. Why? Because. It only exasperates the void and it frustrates me even more because I'm not getting it. When I thought I got it, I still didn't get it. And tomorrow, of course, I need a higher level because the thrill has to be more powerful because the void became stronger. And besides, what happened yesterday is already boring today. And so it goes on and on. What about the Ruchonis? Huh? Oh! So what really we have here, in some ways, the definition of uh, our our nice word called addiction, Blosh What is really all addiction? What is it really? It's really seeing in something a substitute for your relationship with God. That's what it is. Using something, an object, a person, a reality, as a substitute for that which can only be fulfilled through your relationship with God. There will be nothing that will be able to fill it. And if there's anything that becomes a substitute for that, that's essentially the definition of addiction. And that will not do the trick. Because what you're looking for is a relationship with God, which I can expand. That means a relationship with yourself, with your core self, with your true self, with your deepest self, with your creator, with your neshama, with your ultimate identity. With your ultimate identity. And when I go to something else as a replacement for that... I don't know that I'm searching for God. I know that I'm thirsty for a drink. I'm hungry for the cheesecake. I'm hungry for this. I'm craving that. I'm hungry for the compliment, for the, for the covet, for the attention, for the validation, for the thrill, for the taiva, for whatever it is. It doesn't look like I'm hungry for God. <laughs> but what is it really? There's something very deeply, internally unsettling here. And this is going to escape going to allow me to escape it. And if you'll understand in a moment, if you'll understand this, you understand why Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't stop warning about making an image of God. Who cares? The biggest mitzvah in Torah, non-stop, whole seif edvarim, lo pen pen, you're going to make an image. First of all, who makes images of God? And why does God care? This Shaita Metupesh decides that this is God. Shine! Pajalasta esta. You decided that a turtle is God. Okay! And he decides a Venetian blind is God. Okay! Was God so insecure? <laughs> okay, so he's not an image. So you decided he's an image. He decided he's a video camera. There's something very deep here. It's the basis of all healthy versus unhealthy living. Making God an image is not like we say in school, a getchka, machta getchka. We'll say machta getchka. You remember the getchka? A getchka, it's, it's, all, it's all addiction is that. What is it? It's attributing to something divine qualities. It's looking at something and thinking that is going to fill God's role. Any image in the world, whatever that is, it could be an abstract image, a concrete image, a physical image, a psychological image, an emotional image, but that's going to fill God's role. It won't. It won't. That's a desire That's a form of desire You're attributing to it divine power, divine depth, divine substance. It's going to be a terrible disappointment. First of all, you're abandoning your real relationship with God. Second of all, you're using something that is really not that. It's destined to disappoint. That's where you have to get rid of the Godim Hatzayim, the dirty clothes. It's betraying you. It's betraying the Nefesh Bahamas too. So the Nefesh Bahamas becomes the addict, but it's not. It's really a core, core, it's, it's a core there's a, in its core it's Kedusha, in its deep core. But you can't see it. You can't see it because it's a dog that was never trained. It's a monkey that was never refined. It's an animal that was just allowed to become a monster. But really, if you go back, back, back to its core, its real basic needs and cravings are not bad at all. They could be transformed. So ultimately, Avodos Hashem, Lefidus derich is not about obliteration of self, but ultimately about sublimation and education of self. Just like with a child, the worst thing to do to a child is to look at a child and say, this kid is a chayera. Anybody ever heard this expression? You are just a wild beast, a hopeless chayera. There's nothing to do. Take a bully. How do we say bully in and Kodesh? Alam. Alam. Called the alam gvar. Everybody knows in Baba Basra. Alam. Ashtar bully. Alam is the same letters like the word elame. You know what elame means? Mute. Sometimes the bully is bullying because he has been muted. He has no way to express his frustration. So he's bullying. Now, this doesn't mean you should ever allow a kid to be bullied. Khalil But you also have to understand that the bully may be eclipsing his own muteness. Alam is Elaim. So you could look at him and say. He's a Chayirah, like they told you. It's a Royce. Get out of here. Or you could look a little deeper and say, maybe he's he doesn't have a way to express his needs. So this is the only way he can get attention. Or the only way he can get validation. Or the only way he could be popular. Or the only way somebody looks at him. So you turn him into a bully. Really, he's mute. He has no power whatsoever this is his fake power that he has you have to be able to appreciate it of course you have to take out doesn't allow him to cause other to be uh, to cause other people danger or harm you have to protect them understand that too but you have to appreciate the Oymek. only when you could remove you could remove the god of <laughs> Ah, uh-huh. of course, machshava. It's dibor, meisa, machshava, hergish, everything. Doesn't have to be a physical thing. No, not at all. A crush is not a physical thing at all. He says at home I'm being muted. That's what they said about Yosef. That's what they said about Yosef. You know what they say? The Kachavis says that about Yosef. The says they slaughtered a Gdi. They dipped Yosef's tunic in the blood of a goat. The Gemara says that uh, the blood of somebody who had relations is different than the blood of somebody who didn't have relations. And once a person had relations, it already looks like a goat's blood. So when Yosef, when Yaakov said, Chayira he didn't mean uh, physical. He meant that Yosef fell to promiscuity. And Rekhachava says, and because it came out from his mouth, that's why he had the maestro with his wife. Because wow. Yaakov said it already. That's what he says. Chayira doesn't mean physically. It means morally. That's what Rekhachava writes. He says that's why it happened because the Gemara says (laughs) That's why Yosef struggled so much with with Esher's petifa because of that because Yaakov thought the blood it wasn't really his blood it was a goat's blood but he thought it was Yosef's blood and he recognized in the blood that he he already fell so he was very upset that's what hurt him